Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy soccer show that guarantees that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. As always, bumping into his mic is Rob Langevin. What's going on, man? Hey, sorry. I didn't see it standing there. But, <laughs> <Next> <laughs> but how's it going, computer. everybody? Uh, n- nudgingly. Um, yeah, anything you, you mentioned off air, uh, you're about to go see a dang show. Uh, yeah, it should be fun. I'm going to see the uh, probably the most popular... You know, Jersey-based musician on the planet. I would say. You know, you'd have it, it'd probably be a toss-up between Bruce and Bon Jovi. I don't. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not really. A, a, I don't have a list in front of me of, of popular New Jersey artists, but I'd say Bruce. It's probably Bruce or Bon Jovi, depending on people's uh, preference in jean jacket. I guess. All right. Well, you can't say that without me now looking it up for famous New Jersey musicians or artists on the whole. Let's go. With I would. Musicians. I would say musicians. I would yeah. say musicians. All right, music of New Jersey. Oh snap, Count Basie. Oh uh, well, he gets that, a vote for me. Jazz, I, I mess with some jazz. Uh, doop doop doop, classical and operatic music. Oh, John Philip Sousa. There you go. Hey, JP J- J- Sous. Frederica von Stade was born in Somerville, New Jersey. All right, uh, folk and bluegrass. Not sure how I was there, so I'm just gonna scroll past and this- that. And this segue is is about awful fantasy Premier League <laughs> podcast knowledge based on Jersey bands, right? Uh, or something. Uh, the Sugar Hill Gang. Oh come on! <laughs> you don't think they're up there? To the hip hop, hip it. <laughs> the hip hip hop, you don't stop. Rock it to the bang bang boogie. Say up jump the boogie. Say the boogie, boogie to beat. That so what you hear is not a test. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Count Basie. Yeah. Uh, so so we're going with Bruce or Bon Jovi, correct? Man, I'd I'd throw me some Dizzy Gillespie as well. Mm, I might I might lean jazz guys. I'm just not not as familiar with your guys. And I just realized I just lost like half of our audience. Yeah. Um, well it was an awful it was an awful segue to a to a darling intro where you mentioned yourself and then glorified me, which is probably the most important thing about this show. Oh yeah, um, no, Rob knows everything. Yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally a know-it-all, and like, I'm not I, contractually obligated to say so once a show. I'm like the never-ending box of tissues. You could just keep pulling and pulling and pulling, and I'll continue to just delve out usefulness. Yep, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, in the vein of usefulness, Watford is getting sneaky good way under the radar. Yeah, I mean, what I mean, what what do you make of all these signings that they're making at the last minute? You know, the guy Roberto Perea, Jonas Kobel, and then today, which is yes, actually yesterday, because this is going to be out tomorrow, which sounds very futuristic. But, <laughs> this but is def- a Doctor Who episode just about fantasy. <laughs> but but the the signing from Newcastle is uh you know fantasy uh you darling know, darling wunderkit 
is, nice. is uh, Daryl Yanmat yeah. coming, coming, coming to Watford. And, you know, I think we just talked about Watford, you know, either last week or the week before about how they're struggling in the buildup. So, so Kev, what do you think of Roberto Perea and uh, Yanma helping the, uh, the Watford buildup to get Agalu and Dini more fantasy relevant? Yeah, I really love Jan Mott, especially in fantasy. In actual life, he can be a bit sluggish defensively, but he's <laughs> a lot of times he's not defending because he's too busy bombing forward. Uh, he was third in assists among defenders last season, uh, and you got to imagine with Igalo and Dini up there, that'll help, although Igalo has looked, oh man, garbage is kind. <laughs> how he's looked the first couple of weeks. Um, so I do like the Jan Mott signing. Them also bringing Eunice Kabul in, I think makes that defense all of a sudden really interesting. In a weird way, this might actually hurt Aurelio Gomez in that this defense is actually going to start strengthening, which means he won't get the same kind of save numbers he was getting last season. I think he was top five in saves last season. Um, Oh, wow. Did he lead it? (laughs) I'll look that up while Rob's talking. Um, On the other hand, Roberto Pereira is interesting, but does kind of kill the hype of all the people that are bringing in Etienne Capoue who is one of the more brought-in players this week, because he's been getting forward a lot more than he has most of his career. I, um, I would I would say it goes kapoop all over their fantasy plans. <laughs> I really hope we come up with a better title than that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Pereira is an incredible talent. Uh, last season dealt with some injuries, dealt with some playing time issues, but two years ago was absolutely fantastic for Juventus. Um, I would have absolutely had him at Tottenham if <laughs> I had known that he was up for sale and I could make decisions like that. Um, so the fact he's going to Watford is very good for them. You and I have talked many times before about them not really having an advanced midfielder. Um, and then they ended up letting Mario Suarez leave anyway, so they needed someone. Mm-hmm. Ben Watson, obviously not the answer up front. Uh, not up front, sorry, but in the midfield. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I think these are all good additions. I think Kabul stabilizes the back. Jan Mott becomes an attacking threat down the wing, which, again, they don't actually have any natural talented wingers anyway. Uh, and then Pereira really helps uh, them forge a creative outlet up the middle. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, Pereira is, is the key for me. Uh, you know, I think he steps into that, that role that maybe Beharami or Amrabat have been playing and not doing very well at. Um, he's he's a definitely a step above Ben Watson as a facilitator. Uh, this can only help Agalo and Dini because that's basically what we want to happen from a fantasy perspective. Because the first two games, if if we expect that and we invested a high draft pick or you know auction dollars or anything like that on the the Watford duo, you know the, the, if anybody's watched the buildup for them, it's been god awful, literally god awful, literally. Yeah. I mean, it's they have nothing. Yanmat is definitely going to be a swoon to their to their value. And I think Kobel, uh helps solidify the back. And I think he probably – I don't think he – there's a question that he starts over Protal, but that's just me. I, I, he may or may not, but whatever. But I'm not the, I'm not the manager there, but who knows. <clears throat> I think he starts alongside Cathcart, but that's just me. Um, but, yeah, this is definitely, this is definitely a, a, a swoon for, for the Hornets. And I can't wait to see all three of them and see what their prices are, are starting at for their fantasy uh, start value. Yeah. It'll definitely be an interesting one. Uh, and I, I think it's been a bit underreported that Watford have changed formations uh, under Matsari. Now they're playing a 3-5-2, um, which makes things really interesting. I think Yanmat does fit that system well, but it has made Igalo... Oh, man. <laughs> you, you and I both liked Igalo a lot last year. Both of us have 
him in a toggle league this year. You have him in the experts league. I have him in a separate league. What what do you what do you think about Igalo going forward? Do you think this is just adjusting to the system? Do you think this is the regression that a lot of people predicted? What do you think is going on with our boy? He he looks slothful. He doesn't look like he's attentive on playing the way that everyone else is playing around him. Um, you know, you know, Dini's doing what Dini does. He wins the ball and tries to distribute, but he's but Igalo is not in position to distribute be receiving of the distribution. So does that make him a warehouse? I don't know. Anyway, um, but yeah, he's so, an Amazon distribution. Center. Yeah, yeah. Like he looks, he looks lost. So I'm going to say that he's probably not fitting in with the system as of yet. He has yet to find his form. Listen, he's not this bad. He this he he actually looks worse than he did the last 12 games of the of the previous season, where he basically went from being a a, a darling to a, you know an orphan on fantasy teams. So yep. I mean, it's a it's a marathon. Let's hope that these new signings gel and gel quickly for for Watford, and they can get the fantasy assets that we want out of you know Igalo, Dini, Perea actually does something, you know uh, Gomes actually does something in the back that makes him fantasy useful because he's not really rostered it, uh, anywhere near he, where he was at the end of last year mm. because the defense in front of him has just been god awful. It's basically like Swiss cheese. Um, so I mean, it, it, it's only good things that can happen. I mean, that's basically the, the the most exciting news for transfers today, and they all happen to uh, basically one team. Um, yeah. So, and uh, just to touch one one thing to cap that point off, Aurelio Gomez was first in saves last season on 122. There you go. I know that's, stuff sometimes. Look yeah, you know, you know what go, you know what happens sometimes. Mm. Sometimes things goes up and things go down. So, do you want to talk about price changes? You know what? I've heard that things go up and down. Newton famously thought so as well. We Seasaws. Price changes. I just thought of, was it the Simpsons where the one kid is just sitting on a seesaw by himself? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Millhouse. Yeah, Mil- no, is it, no, it's the, it's the, what do you call it? The police sergeant's son. I oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. I don't remember his name, but yeah. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, talk to us a little bit about some of these price changes. So, so price changes, they've been kind of, you know, they were slow the first week. I don't think that, you know, a lot of people made enough changes on their roster. I think they were standing fast to what they, they had. So after two weeks, I think that they, they were kind of, all right, now's, now's the time to start making roster moves. Um, so the, the players that have gone up defensively, we have Luke Shaw, Kyle Walker, Gareth McCauley, and Collins from West Ham. Uh, none are unsuspected. All are having brilliant starts. Luke Shaw is probably uh, one of the, the spot-on players for defense right now. Mm. Um, I mean, Collins is a little surprising. I mean, yeah, th- there's yeah. a gap there because of injury. but Yeah, and especially since West Ham has really been not really been defensively great, but he's been getting the starts, and I think he has a goal. So I think that's probably why people have jumped on the Collins, the Collins bandwagon from West Ham. Um Kyle Walker's been been great for Spurs. Kevin will probably tell you about twenty minutes about <laughs> Kyle Walker, and you know he's basically you know an extra attacking option basically defensively for for Spurs. Uh, Gareth McCauley is basically a goal scoring. Oh, excuse me, in an assist machine. Uh, he scored midweek in in the uh, the new Carling Cup, whatever format cup that is. Uh, so he's basically spot on for West Brom um, through the midfield. Um, you know. There's no real guy that hasn't really shown anything that, to me, that's, that's shown anything that shouldn't be going up. Is, is there anybody that's jumping out to you, Kev, through the midfield? That went up that shouldn't have? 
No, that should that went up that you don't think that you know went up that definitely should have went up. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> Are you saying a midfielder that should have gone up or a midfielder that rightfully went up? A midfielder that went up that should have went up is what I'm saying. Right. Okay. How about Eden Hazard? Sure. He's looked so good. Yeah. If, if you just forget last year happened and pretend that this is the player coming <laughs> off of two years ago when he was player of the year, I'd, I'd fully buy in. As a Chelsea fan, I would assume you agree. He looks like the main guy now. Costa mm-hmm. keeps getting into trouble, getting his yellow cards. Batshuayi looks absolutely lethal. Um, and did again. Was that that was midweek, right? Was that Tuesday? Yeah, he scored the two. Scored? scored two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he <laughs> looks he looks very dangerous. It'll be interesting to see how they all fit in. I was very high on Quadrado coming into the year. People that listen to this frequently will know that it looks like he's not ever going to play, and that he's going to go to Juventus, which is hilarious. Because, as I mentioned many times, one of the reasons Conte left Juventus, reportedly, was that they weren't able to get Quadrado, and now he's the one that's going to send him there. I just think that's very strange, but it does clarify things a bit. There is still Pedro, who's kicking around. I don't think that the formational shift that I expected is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why that's surprising to me, considering I mentioned many times that they don't have the players for it. I just thought that Conte would uh, be a little bit more dogmatic uh, in his adjustments. But... I think Chelsea have looked very good this season. The defense has obvious issues, but that doesn't keep Hazard from being a threat going forward. Uh, he's probably the penalty taker, at least he was week one, put in a couple of dangerous chances last week. So that, that's impressed. Uh, on the other side of this, because we aren't doing start sits this week, we're going to do something a little special for you. Special! Um, <laughs> it's that I don't like that Kapu and Wanyama are both going up in price. I think bringing in defensive midfielders because they just scored a goal means you missed the goal. And I know Kapu has two now, but as I just mentioned, he's going to have to play further back now that they've brought in Pereira. And Wanyama was a goof double header in the 82nd minute against Crystal Palace. I, yeah. I don't think that's repeatable by any stretch. Uh, if you watch Tottenham thus far this season, he never collects the ball and runs forward. He's only running forward when he's not on the ball, which is pretty much the opposite of Dembele. Um, but he's not even getting forward that often. So I, I don't like the fact that either of those defensive midfielders are going up. Well, the thing, the thing that you mentioned about Wanyama possibly going up, the thing I'm worried about is, you know, in, in a few games when Dembele comes back, where's, where's all the, where are all these midfielders for Spurs going to fit yeah. and play? One of Dyer and Wanyama is going to drop out, and that shouldn't yeah. impact your fantasy teams because you shouldn't no. have either of them. No, they're they're a luck they're like a lucky strike candidate every week. Yeah. You, know, you shouldn't they, even own Dembele when he comes no, back unless you're no. playing in other leagues. Yeah, unless unless you're you know shooting the moon and, and you're chasing someone who has Ericsson or Ali. But I don't even recommend owning either of those either. But yeah. um, you know, the Spurs are very uh limited on their, their fantasy options right yeah. now. I think pro- I think their options are there are Kyle Walker right now. Yeah. Pro tip. Last <laughs> week I said Jensen would probably start, and then he did. This week's gamble is that it is entirely possible Erickson sits. He's looked I, really awful the first two. He's keeping Della Ali out of the side, who looked really bright in his brief stint against Crystal Palace. He came on as a sub. It looks like Hansen has already quickly cemented somewhat of a place. Mm-hmm. I think, obviously, that will start changing once we have other competitions. Like, we just had the EFL Cup draw, formerly the Carling and Capital One Cup, or the League Cup at one point. Um but anyway, th- that could start changing things. Much like last year, like with Walker and Rose, how they were great fantasy values until we started playing other competitions. Then you saw that rotation that kind of killed everyone. 
But for now, I think Jansen has a spot in the starting 11 alongside Kane, which means one of Ericsson and Ali is going to drop out. And based on last week, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Ericsson. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, do you think you think uh, him and Son comes back and maybe challenges uh, challenges Jansen to the to a spot there or no? Interesting. Um, well, of all the places on the pitch, some would really be challenging on the left. So if if Ali or Eriksson win that spot over each other, in theory, that does mean there's a spot out wide that could go to to him and Son. And he is a very pacey and direct player. Um, I think, assuming he stays, because there is a whole bunch of transfer rumors right now, and the interesting thing about that is the fact that, that Korea didn't medal, which means that he will have to do two years of military service, um, which we were kind of expecting he wouldn't have to, but mm-hmm. that, that shortcoming from Korea, even though they put out a very strong side mm-hmm. uh, at the Olympics, which is a U23 competition, um, is disappointing. So there's a tiny chance he does actually leave, but if he does not... I do think he has a very improved year, and yes, there is a chance that you know over the next few weeks he does he does earn himself at least a couple starts to to see what he can do to to you know give him a chance to cement a spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So continuing on the with the price ups, you know, uh, as Kevin mentioned, Hazard, uh, possibly Wanyama. The other guys that gone up: Barkley, Snodgrass, Coutinho, Lalana, Redmond, Lamella, Etienne, Capu. Uh, for me, there's nobody there that's jumping out. Everybody's been playing great. Snodgrass is playing great through the midfield through Hull. He's got a couple goal and an assist, I believe. Coutinho was uh, the, the darling of the first week where he had two goals, and then basically Liverpool got shat on the second week. Um, Etienne Capoue is, is kind of in the same thinking that everyone with uh, Winyama, I think they look at everybody who scored last week and go, oh, he looks good. I'm just going to add him. Um, so on to the, the forwards that have gone up. You know, Ibrahimovic is probably the first name that everybody's thinking of, and you should say it twice because he's gone up twice. Uh, just by ownership, he's now the most owned player in the Premier League. He's overtook Aguero. Oh, snap. I didn't know that happened already. Yeah. Uh, Diego Costal went up, uh, also went up. Diamande from Hull has gone up. Aguero has gone up for, for Man City, like, rightfully so. And Alvaro Negredo from Middlesbrough. Um, once again, no surprises there for ownership of, of player, players in the Premier League, uh, Fantasy Premier League. You know, Ibrahimovic is a must-own right now, as is Aguero. Um, <clears throat> and I want to touch on this for a little bit. Uh, right now, you know, the, 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 the famous T-word is, is coming out to play. And um, I want to say that there's, there's two players, you know, on it already. And I believe it's Ibrahimovic and Aguero. You're almost, you almost have to spend the $24 million of your allotted 100 on these two strikers because I think if it, it's not becoming a – I always use the, the expression, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't for Aguero. I think that you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't for both now because if you don't have either, you're going to be chasing. And if you have both, you're, you're basically going to be chasing other players to fit into your team. So it's, it's a complete, complete must that I think that Ibrahimovic and Aguero must be on almost all squads that are trying to compete and contend. Or, you know, even if you just want to have fun, if they should be in your team. Um, but the other two names I want to throw into this that are becoming almost, uh, you know, stout must-owns, I think, I think uh, David De Gea in the back is, is a knock, knock-on goalie. And I think Luke Shaw, because of the, the, the ownership and the matchup that uh, United has and with the way ownership that is going with De Gea, I think Shaw is almost, almost has to be universally owned. So right now, I'm calling it a four-headed monster right now that for the t- 
template that it's, is forming. So I have De Gea, Shaw, Ibrahimovic, and Aguero right now as basically the must-own guys on uh, Premier League teams. What do you think about that, Kev? I think it's interesting, especially because it locks in your three United players already. Um, undoubtedly, they're the best ones. I just Usually, I, I tend to shy away from that, but they have looked very good thus far. Uh, what do their matchups look like over the next few weeks? Because you're talking... well. We mentioned before that you unfortunately got a little bit screwed at setting your team. Um, so, like, to wildcard or not to wildcard is a big question. Are you talking about for a template that people should wildcard, or is this something people should slowly build towards? I think that they. Sh- I think this is something that they should be slowly building towards on a week to week basis, especially when they have they have Hull, They're at Hull this week. They have the the Manchester Derby the, the week after the international break, and then they they're at Wofford. So, I mean. Uh, the City game is interesting because you know you're going to play your stars regardless, if, whether it's a derby against City or a, a, you know a, a, you know a friendly against you know uh, you know Colin, Colin Cliftonville in in Ireland. Mm. But in, you know they're they're going to be these guys are are not on guys because if you're chasing people in your mini leagues already, you're chasing. It's week three. I'm already mentioning chasing because this is the things that, that set you up for future. United looks very defensive. Minded already, they're very stout. They're gonna. They have Mourinho. He's gonna. Uh, he's. I think he just. He's still painting the big blue bus and painting it red. So I think it's gonna be a big red bus. Um, it's just waiting for him to, to sign John Obi Mikel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I for, for me, you know, the players that United have from a fantasy perspective, who who else is there that you're gonna invest in? Yeah, you can go the contrarian play against Luke Shaw. You can go Antonio Valencia or Eric Bailly, who looks very good and looks very athletic in in his role there. Um, but that's a contrarian play if if you don't want to pick up Luke Shaw. But they're all the same price. You can also pick up Daly Blind, who who is a per- personal favorite of mine. Through the midfield, there's nobody else you're really going to pick up. You're going to pick up Juan Mata, no. You're going to pick up Andrew Herrera, no. Anthony Martial, 9.5. Yeah, he looks good at times, but he doesn't look like he fits completely into this system yet. And you know, it's and you're definitely not buying the other forward in Wayne Rooney. So where else are you going to invest in the United players? I think it's it's goalie defense and, and Ibrahimovic. It could be one of four defenders. You know, and then and then you have to factor in that Chris Smalling is eventually going to be back because I don't think he's going to get outcast and pushed away. But that, I could be completely wrong there. Yeah, and, and it, Mourinho it's knows. hard to see a way back in for him right now. Yeah, because, because uh, the problem a- ever since they signed Bayet is that he's a right-sided center back, mm-hmm. which is what Smalling is, and what they actually needed was a left-sided center back. And Mourinho isn't a fan of playing people on their off foot, so Blint is the only naturally left-footed one there, and, unless Phil Jones can step up, but he's kind of been absent mm-hmm. for a year plus. I'm as a person that owns Smalling in the Experts League and was very high on him this season. I'm very concerned about what's about to happen to him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, let's I let's mean, talk about United later when we get in, into all yeah, the matches. Totally, totally, totally. So that that so that, that forms my the, the price ups and what I thought about the template team. And another funny thing that I, I was just doing a little research um, for price for price changes that have gone up. There's only been one goalkeeper, nine midfielders, five defenders, and six six forwards that have gone up so far. So mm. it's kind of slow. In the beginning of this year, it's not really. I don't think people are changing a lot of parts early, but I think after this week, week three into the international break, and then the week after, I think you'll start seeing a lot of teams wildcarding and bringing in a, a host of new players that have that have shown well enough that they could be fantasy assets going forward. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, all right, well, without further ado and without teasing too much, uh, let's take a commercial break. <laughs> How did you like that for a turnaround? That was a good one. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And we're back. And we're going to try something a little different this week. Instead of doing start-sits which is a little bit what our articles are like. <laughs> um, we're going to run through each match and talk about our thoughts on that match from a fantasy perspective, maybe a little bit from a real-life perspective, and just see uh, the players that we like, maybe some high-priced guys, maybe some low-priced guys. We're just going to kind of wing it and see how this goes. Uh, if you'd like to tweet us, let us know if you like this format better, if you like the old format better, just let us know. We might just alternate. Well, you know, we're pretty loosey-goosey. That's not true. I try to be loosey-goosey. Rob is naturally we're- loosey-goosey. We're we're chameleons. We can do stuff on the fly. I always heard it pronounced chameleon, but chameleon <laughs> isn't that the T on that? What I said isn't that a T? No, <laughs> that's cam- that's chamomile. <laughs> chamomile. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's dude. That was a slow burn, or I'm just dumb. One of the two, probably both. All right, so we will start off not just because I'm biased, but it is the first match of the week. Tottenham-Liverpool. Tottenham really yet to get out of first gear. Liverpool obviously had a very good fantasy match and then an awful one. What are your initial thoughts on this one? Uh, I think this could either go one of two ways. This could either mimic what we saw with the Arsenal-Liverpool match in the first game and be kind of a goal fest. I'm not saying seven total, but I think there could be you know two or three goals apiece on the, either team. You could basically flip a coin and say, all right, Spurs is going to come out, and if this goes right... And this goes right because Liverpool's defense still looks very, you know, very tawdry. How about that? That's a good word, tawdry. Uh, you know, there's nobody there <laughs> fantasy-wise that I would even think about trusting or rostering um, or even babysitting my team. Um, but so, yeah, mm-hmm. no, there's nobody, there's nobody uh, defensively for, for either team that I think I could trust in this week. Uh, even if you own, even if you have to play uh, players like Toby Alderweireld because he's probably they can get yeah goals. And Walker yeah. Absolutely, because they, they strive forward. But I think this is more of an offensive game. And since we touched on Spurs before, yeah. you know, with the with the midfield, you can't really own anybody else besides Walker right now because you're not trusting Harry Kane. Uh, you oh, don't know yeah. who's. Did you see that super depressing stat about Kane today? Yeah, he's awful. He's never scored in August. Yeah, ever. He's, That's he, insane. He's like Mister. He's like Derek Jeter, man. He's like Mister November. Yeah, he just can't do it to start the season. It's so <laughs> frustrating because everyone knows he's going to end up. With like twenty goals by the end of the season, yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah, he's gonna get, there. He's gonna get interesting. there. Interesting. Let me hit you with a hypothetical. I know this isn't about this match at all, so I'm already messing up the format. If we get into September and Kane mm-hmm. starts to put those runs together, where it's like one goal, two goals, one goal, one goal, two goals. If he puts together a run like that, 
Do you think people will downgrade from one of Ibrahimovic or Aguero, or do you think he'll just kind of be this high-value third option that nobody can really afford? I think he's going to be a little bit of both. Uh, I think when once once Man United gets into the you know Europa play, and Aguero gets into the Champions League draw, and they see how they're being used there, and how the double game weeks could affect both ro- with, with their rosters. I think the change will come then. That's that's still three or four weeks away from actually you know actually witnessing what's going to happen. So we have time in between then to see. I, I somebody taking a gamble when when Kane gets you know hot or you know they're they're worried about the usage of Aguero and and Ibrahimovic in the extra tournament game. That's the only that's the only way I can see it happening. Yeah, fair enough. Um, as for this particular match, I do tend to agree with you. Um, I would not be surprised if this is the match that Jansen gets off the score sheet, um, just because obviously this Liverpool defense looks leaky already. Five conceded goals. I should have brought this up. That might be the worst in the league thus far. Or maybe it's Stoke. Anyway, it's not good <laughs> um, defensively. And even though Tottenham haven't created loads of chances, Jansen has looked very dangerous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Dude, I keep underestimating myself. It's Liverpool tied with Stoke for, for worse in the league. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jansen gets on the sheet. I think Del Ali might have a decent match. Um, but yeah, I agree. You have to play Walker because he's going to bomb up the wing. He could get an assist. Toby had another wide open chance that he headed wide, but we saw that a lot last season. It's just very frustrating as a fantasy owner, but the positive is that he keeps getting those chances. Um, and you, you got to assume he's going to put three or four in, uh, come the end of the mm-hmm. year and he's going to get enough clean sheets. I feel like Alderweireld, if you're if you're paying that money, which I wouldn't, by the way, but if you've paid that money, you just got to ride it out. Yeah, I agree. So, Kev, well, who's your one guy to pick from this matchup? Fantasy-wise, you had to pick one guy, go. <clears throat> oh, man. Uh, just one guy from this matchup. I will say Coutinho. Even though okay, he's super was- inconsistent, I just think that I, I, I spoke with a Liverpool fan site yesterday. And they were all saying that even though Sturridge is fit now, that they think Firmino will play up front, which, as we've talked about before, hurts Firmino, but helps mm-hmm. everyone else because it opens up loads yep. of space. And Coutinho yep. has, has done Tottenham dirty before, and I wouldn't be surprised if yep. that happens again. Yep. My, my, guy to, my guy to click in this game is Sadio Mane. I watched him midweek, Ooh, and he looked, basically, he basically looked unmatched. And Mane is a momentum-type player. Yeah. When he gets on a roll for one game, it continues into the next. And I think playing against, I'm not saying that the opponent they played midweek was a lower-level talent team, but he basically abused the crap out of that defender. Yeah. Uh, so, so Sadio Mane is my pick. Interesting. So move, but, but we're both agreeing on the concept. That Firmino's yeah, going to stretch stuff, and then somebody else is going to run into that space. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to the second game, we have Chelsea versus Burnley. Mm. Uh, you know, Kev, I'll let you take the lead on this. Why? I, I went, You're I went first fan. last time. That's okay. All right. Um, I unfortunately, I le- I really like some of these Burnley options. I was devastated when I wasn't able to pick up Heaton to replace Hart in the in the um, not Dynasty League in the Experts League over on Taga. Um, I've always loved Heaton ever since their last time up. He just makes loads of saves, and I think he's a very underrated keeper. Um, obviously, the Andre Gray hat is yet to drop on whether he'll be suspended or not. For If you just say there were homophobic and sexist tweets, that phrase is less bad than what he actually wrote. If you say mm-hmm. that, people are like, oh, what did he say? I don't like gays. Nah, it's a lot worse. We'll let you Google that on your own. He could be facing a suspension. 
Both of us like Stephen DeFore and what we saw mm-hmm. from him last week, although I'm not really sure if he's an FPL player as such. Um, but they, they're bringing some stuff to the table. Uh, I like Keane at the back. As I already mentioned, Tom Heaton, I think, is a, a very, very underrated goalkeeper. Chelsea do look pretty good thus far. They, they aren't going to, you know, really go out and trample teams uh, with goals because that's not really Conte's way. But... Uh, at least from my eye, Chelsea have been pretty comfortable their last two. Even when they were down against Watford, it never really felt like they were going to lose. Even though many a Spurs fan were like, oh, I can't believe they came back and won. I was like, can't you? What a weird <laughs> what a weird thought to have. Um, but anyway, yeah, from the Chelsea side, I already mentioned, I love Hazard. It looks like Costa is going to continue to play. The interesting thing will be if you end up playing that weird hexagonal 4-4-2, mm-hmm. put Willian on the right, Hazard on the left, and play... Both Costa and Bashuai, because those two have linked up phenomenally already, um, which has been very impressive. Uh, so it, I'm not sure which way that's going to go. The defense I already mentioned has been woeful. Fabregas comes on and gets the assist. Before before that assist, I was cursing my luck because I had accidentally forgotten to hit save, and so started him over um, Stephen. Don't call me Ben Kingsley, but he comes on, gets an assist. <laughs> What are your thoughts on where Fabregas stands right now? Um, I think that I think it's going to be a flip flop thing with him. I think he comes on as a sub one game and then he starts the next, and then the next game he does exactly the complete opposite. He comes on as a sub and then he starts the next game. But I think that it's very matchup dependent. I think it's a very matchup dependent thing, especially when Chelsea's playing Burnley this week. Um, I don't think William is still not fit. From what I'm seeing, so I don't know if he's fit enough to go the full. So I think that could be a natural. Fabregas starts, and if William can't go full ninety, William com- William comes on for Fabregas. It seems like a natural change and a good change that that would would help augment their attack. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned Burnley. I love Stephen Defoe um, there. I think he's a, a useful playmaker. I, I'm hoping that Andre Gray doesn't get suspended for too long because he's you know he's useful for fantasy purposes. Uh, there's nobody on Burnley's defense that you'd really want to trust for this game. I think Chelsea takes this game probably you know one nil two nil. Um, uh, I wouldn't really invest in any Chelsea defender because there's nobody you could really trust there because at, at any moment they could just realize their shoes are tied and fall over. Um, but yeah, so for me, from the from the player that I'd like that I'd be I'd be thinking about, uh, I'd probably look, be looking at Batshuayi. If if you're looking for a, a guy to 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 hit. What if he doesn't I think, start though? Isn't that a bit of I, a... I, I think he starts. Okay. I think Conte has, has seen enough midweek to realize that uh, this is the system that is going to work. I know, yes, they gave they've given up two they gave two bad goals midweek. And if you look at the goal scorers that have scored against Chelsea, they're not guys who are the guys that you would pick to score. Eddie and Capu scored last week, and in the first week, James Collins scored for West Ham. They're not guys. They, they gave up. Their, that's Chelsea's problem. They're going to give up, give up goals, but not to guys that are the guys that are the main guys. Like so I, I could totally, I could totally see Ben Mee hitting in a header <laughs> at the 84th minute to, to make us two to one. You know, uh, that's that's basically what's going to happen to Chelsea. So for me, I I'd, I'd risk I'd risk going with uh, Mishi Bashuayi this week. Yeah, for me, the player I'd pick, I'm I'm going to go a bit safer than uh, you with Batshuayi there and go with Eden Hazard, who's looked really phenomenal thus far. Um, and we've talked in the past about, you know, you can't really burn players, which is unfortunate because Romelu Lukaku still exists. Um, but I feel like a lot of people are still holding on to some resentment 
uh, of Hazard for not really living up to his fantasy potential last season. But I, I think he clearly looks a different player. There's a new manager in charge. Um, Conte's play style does favor wingers a fair bit. So I, I think Hazard is going to have a very good season and also game here. Um, and he hasn't really been added as much as I thought he would. He, he's sitting currently at 23%, but um, I don't know. I, I think he's going to do very well in this one, uh, particularly uh, against a Burnley defense, which has often played better than the sum of their parts. But I just think the individual brilliance of Chelsea will really undo him in this one. Mm-hmm. I agree. So so we move on to Crystal Palace versus Bournemouth. Uh, Do we have to? I mean, we we could just touch a little bit, little bit on it. The one yeah. guy I, I I'd be looking at this this game. This game screams zero zero to me, unless uh, somebody does something retarded. Uh, but no, I'm just kidding. But but it, it's it'd be interesting to see if Christian Benteke actually features for Crystal Palace. Yeah. That, that's I think it's a really good research game. Like those think, Bournemouth guys that we all loved. This is an interesting one to see what they do. Like Benteke, it's interesting to see what he does. Yeah, I want to see if Benteke gets first team. Uh, we we saw a Bournemouth squad midweek uh, with Kevin's uh, Kevin's love child Max Graydell score. Mm. So, uh, but he's not you, starting right now, which is no, really he, annoying. He really he really isn't, and none of the strikers for for Bournemouth are actually getting involved in any of the play. You know, Benikafobi, Callum Wilson are basically absent from fantasy purpose. Uh, the only player that I could see, and it's not even in this format, that is actually doing anything of value is is the, basically the the back facilitators of Harry Arter and Andrew Sermon. Those are the only guys that I can see that are that are decent enough for fantasy, but not in the official game standpoint. And the only person that really scored for Bournemouth is Adam Smith. You know, the, the yeah. liver, deliver. Yeah, it was a great goal too. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But but you're not gonna really gonna trust Adam Smith unless you're into the four buck defender uh, to fill in your roster. Um, so from that standpoint, the guy I'd be looking at is probably is probably Wayne Hennessy, who's played actually practiced very well to begin the year for for Crystal Palace. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, I, I kind of refuse to pick somebody in this one. I, I was very high on Simon Francis coming into the league, coming into the season. Charlie Daniels was obviously a lot of people's darling last season. I loved Max Grudel coming into the season. I looked at all of his stats from last year, up them to if he played a full season, would have had nine goals and eighteen assists. And I continue to think he's the most talented player at that club, but they are just not starting him in favor of King and Ibe. I think that I think that's a mistake. You mentioned gets on the score sheet in a, in a non-league match will be interesting to see. But I, I'm about one or two weeks away from already giving up on Gradle, even though I, I do think the talent is there. Um, so yeah, I want to see how all of that pans out on the Palace side. You mentioned Benteke is very interesting. Townsend did not really show up last week in the way I thought he would against his former club. Zaha continues to be an incredibly frustrating player, both uh, in real life and in fantasy. Maybe Scott Dan. Maybe. Maybe he gets up and gets a header. Maybe he gets a clean sheet. Neither uh, neither attack is really going swimmingly at the moment, so you could get some cleans in this one. So if I had to pick a player, Scott Dan, but I'm probably avoiding this one. Oh, another player to watch in this one. Uh, Steve Mandanda. I assume he'll start getting the starts now, but okay. but that that's a that's just a name to kind of keep your eye on. Yeah. So the next game on the docket, Everton hosting Stoke. Uh, I think this could be another game where we probably could skip over, and Kevin would probably be very happy. <laughs> um, but in this game, I'm hardly looking at two guys, and they're both Evertonians. Uh, I'm looking at 
a cheap defender for Everton. Everybody is, you know, everybody always loves Leighton Baines because he's involved in the play and, and the pickup. And I, I think everybody wants to see where Ashley Williams fits in if he ever gets into a match for the Toffees. Uh, but the one guy I'm looking at on defense for Everton is Mason Holgate. Uh, I think that he's basically forming uh, a spot on this, this back line and with Seamus Coleman injured. Uh, I, I don't know how long it's going to stand for, but currently he's the highest scoring defender for Everton at nine points through two games. Um, the other player I want to see is if he features for the club, uh, everybody's guy who looks like he's running around on a unicycle is a, a Yannick Balassi. Uh, I'm interested to see, this is another research game, as Kevin mentioned before with Crystal Palace and Benteke. Uh, if Balassi features, uh, I want to see how involved and how well he plays with, with Ross Barkley and where he fits into the attack. You know, if he plays, how far in uh, advance he plays of Gai or Gay. How, you, how, are we, how are we saying his name now? Uh, he's now changed it to Adrissa Ghana, so that makes it really Ghana. easy. Because okay, the way it's, it's spelled, it doesn't even phonetically mean Guyana, but okay. Um, <laughs> You know, I want to see where he fits in. Uh, so those are my guys to click. I don't. It's also another. You know, I'll throw another one in there. When is when is Lu, Romelu Lukaku going to be unleashed into this into the Everton? I mean, he's basically their best. You know, scoring option up top. I'm I'm interested to see Kevin's take on this. When do you think he'll be unleashed? Sorry, one. Who's going to be unleashed? Romelu Lukaku. Oh right. Uh, well, he did get uh, some minutes at the back end of the last match. Um, yeah. Again, yeah, I all of the questions about this. I want to see if Dilafeu can turn things around because we were both high on him coming into the year and he hasn't really done much. I actually have a question for you. To be to be fa- to be fair, he's been playing out of position. He's not a false nine striker. He's not a stri- he's a winger. He's a, he's a wing player. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I, I completely agree with that. Actually, in in a in a Togo league that I have that isn't the experts league, I actually own both Dilafeu and Lukaku. If you had to pick one. For both this week and for the rest of the season, who would you take? I'd still take Andelafeu because I don't think Lukaku's. I don't think he's. I think he's going to cry himself out of a position there and just sit on and whine. He's going to whine. He's going to bury he know himself. Yeah, he's going to bury himself. Fair enough. Um, Seamus Coleman still yet to come back. That'll be an interesting one. Stecklenburg can make a fair few saves. He could make himself a fantasy option at some point this season. I just don't think it's yet. Uh, Stoke, on the other hand. As we already mentioned, worst defense in the league thus far, alongside with Liverpool. Um, yet to really use Butland, which is disappointing. I assumed that Joe Allen next to Mbula would be a stronger central midfield pairing. Um, they still have yet to bring in a goal scorer to tip the spear instead of Bojan. Uh, which what do you mean? Peter Peter Crouch. Oh my gosh. Peter Mid- Crouch. Midweek hat trick. Hat- yeah, yeah. Midweek hat trick. Peter Crouch. And I was like, wait, what year is it? When I saw that, I was like, wait, what year is this? Okay, yeah. Go. <laughs> Yeah, um, my years. That's, seriously, though. And then he gave away the match ball to fans. Uh, also, for those that don't know, greatest Peter Crouch quote ever. He was asked in an interview what he would be if he wasn't a footballer, and he said, a virgin, which I always thought was a, a terrific little soundbite from him. Um, yeah, from the Stoke side, it's pretty disappointing. Arnautovic loses out on the goal last week to Bojan. Shakiri. am I right in thinking Shakiri didn't start in that one? I feel like yeah, I remember yeah. that. He didn't, he didn't even play. Yeah, so that's that's of concern. So I'm, I'm pretty much just avoiding Stoke full stop at the moment. Um, Dilafay is an option. I don't trust Barkley enough. The wingbacks aren't really ready yet. Yeah, I mean, if you have Lukaku or Dilafayu, I guess I guess you're pl- – you know what? I wouldn't play Lukaku in the official game. Only if you're in a, a different format where you can uh, 
you know, react after teams are announced. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, and anyway. the thing with the, the thing with Stoke to me is that they're a they're a they're a roster dump to me. They're the prices of their players that could actually do something in this game are almost of dump value. Where you're you're you're, you're hoping for a Shakiri goal, you're hoping for a Boyan goal, you're hoping maybe Gianelli and Bula does something. But mm-hmm. defensively, they're like you said, they're the worst in the league, and I wouldn't trust anybody in the back end, including the goalkeeper. Yeah, whoever it is, because it's probably yeah. still not going to be Butland, which in- is frustrating. Insert name. <laughs> Dude, I've heard insert name. Is, is going to be good in the future, just not now. Um, all right. Uh, following up that one, we're going to head over to Lester Swansea. Swansea have looked awful. Oh, my gosh. Things are playing in the background of my house. Give me a sec. Why do I hear a baby crying? Was that a baby? No. I had a game on, on mute. In the background, and it something I said caused my Xbox to unmute it. Let me uh, let me get the remote by me in case that happens again. <laughs> it was either I thought it was either baby crying or porn. I was like, "What the hell is he that?" It's both. It's baby. Porn. No, oh, no, that that's too dark. It's very dark. I hope we're I hope we're editing over this. Oh, for sure. Ooh, what you what you got in your drink there? Em- empty glass. Oh, don't start up yet. Actually, oh, you, you, okay. you can start up. You can start talking about less. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, just mute Joe Sale. Yeah, now we'll head into Leicester versus Swansea. Um, Swansea obviously not playing particularly well. Leicester uh, half and half. Although it did look like uh, Mares and Vardy were getting back to form a bit. Um, I think this is a very interesting one with Leicester. Unlike the past few. You do have players you want to start in this one for sure, but there are still interesting positional options, like how Musa started the first match, then Albrighton started the last match. I think whichever one starts will be a, a dangerous play. I'm just not sure which one it's going to be. So you're pretty much sticking to your Marizes, your Vardis. Fuchs dropped for some reason, which I, I don't really understand. He got the clean sheet last week against Arsenal. I know that we've said before that we don't think the defense is going to be as good as it was last season. But I do think that they'll still be decent enough to own, especially with Fuchs, who gets to take uh, the corners and a fair few set pieces uh, and does it very well. On the other side, still no Borgia for Swansea. You will have um, the tall, lanky guy, completely blanking, Lorente, uh, up front for them. Sigurdsson came back into the fold last week, didn't really look at his best. But I'm not sure how much of that is really the team struggling versus him struggling. Uh, Neil Taylor may be back in the fold. Um, Fabianski is worth a known just because of the save value, uh, but I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to get a clean sheet in this one. So, so players that I'm starting in this one probably just Vardy, Mares, and uh, Fuchs. Yeah, and to to follow up on your Fuchs point, it's not because he's playing bad; it's because people are shifting from his price point because he wasn't, I believe, six. Did he start at five five or six? He started at five five to a prob- yeah, so basically they're basically taking their, their Fuchs shares and transferring it to probably a United share that is all 5-5. Five five. Uh, but it's definitely not anything of Fuchs' fault. Um, the, thing with, the thing with Lester is, I, we touched on this a couple weeks ago, uh, we were worried about, you know, with, with Hoot's injury, how, how well they would be defensively. But now that Hoot's back, I think that the, their defense looks more of a unit. Like, like last year, they played con- very congelled yeah. as, a, as a unit. So I think Lesser is another team to keep an eye on defensively. Um, if you could buy into it a cheaper share, the only thing I don't like uh, like about him is that uh, Danny Simpson seems to be in a, some kind of a rotation thing, and he, he may be maybe uh, you know not 
involved as much in the first team as you would like. Uh, maybe they're sh- saving him for Champions League. I don't know. I mean, but if there is a weak link out of the defense, it's definitely Danny Simpson. Yeah. And um, Leicester, as we talked about before the season started, Leicester, Southampton, uh, both have these weird one-on-one-off. Neither of them mm-hmm. have good runs. They just have like these dotted good and bad matches throughout Ab- the season. So Absolutely. Yeah. Very, that, spot, that very get, spotted. Yeah, so for the price you're paying for Fuchs, you're probably playing him in most matches. And like I said, assuming that he'll contribute in other ways than just clean sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for maybe lesser price players, like if you have Huth or Morgan, maybe you, you consider dropping him. Um, like week three, Swansea, week five, Burnley, week seven, Southampton. You're not really worried about any of those from attackers. But four is Liverpool. Uh, six is United, eight's Chelsea, ten Spurs. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 almost exact. Um, yeah. So just just keep an eye on those fixtures. But yeah, I I, I I agree with most of your points. Yeah, and I think you're you're spot on with you. Basically, want the attacking guys for for Leicester in this game. This is a, if you're if you're hanging on to Vardy for one extra league before the for the international break, this is the game you want him to either score or he's gone. This is this is the last week for Vardy for owners. I don't I don't, I don't actually know what he's owned at currently. But if you give me one second, it'll be awful radio. Uh, dude. He's still in the 19% of leagues. So 19% of people are probably waiting one more week for him. Uh, he's he's accomplished the two things. He's got two points in both games and zero fanship so far. Uh, but, yeah, this, is, this, is, this to me screams a Mares-Vardy game. That to me. Yeah. No, I'd agree. And I, I think this is a little last straw-ish for both. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, at their price points, you, this is not something you can mess around with. Vardy's nine nine. Yeah. So I mean, how long are you going to sit there and be like, all right, if I save one point five million in the in the midfield, I can get a Ibrahimovic. Right, right. Uh, okay, uh, moving on to the next one: Southampton versus Sunderland. You and I were both fans of a lot of individuals at Sunderland. Pieces haven't really been put together. Kasri hasn't played. Uh, Lamina Kone had a back injury, although Moyes did come out and say that he's putting his foot down that Kone will stay. Which I don't hate because him paired next to Jilabodji, Van Anholt on the <laughs> left. Hopefully somebody on the right. People thought it was going to be Yedlin. He goes to Newcastle today. That's a whole nother thing. Um, Defoe up front, maybe. I, but I think the Southampton defense is better than we saw against United. I just think United are a bit juggernaughty at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But what do you make out of this one? Uh, to me, Sunderland is another one of those valued, valued dump teams where you're looking at them completely for value. And it starts, there's basically guys at every position that you could look at. Jermaine Defoe is a perfect value, value dump at 7.1. You know, you're basically, you know what you're going to get from Jermaine Defoe throughout the year. He's going to get you probably 15 to 18 goals, probably zero assists because he's selfish. Um, but, and he sure but, is. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mid, you know, through the midfield, you know, you got, you got players that are there that are actually performing sort of well. You know, you Jack Radwells, your Duncan Watmores, who's a very interesting player. I, th- I think that if he had a better players around him, I think he would probably show better. Um, and on defense and goalkeeper, this is where I, I brought up the point of value dumps. Um, there's, there's two guys that I like there that are, that are very value, and especially with the, the injury to Vina Minone, who's going to be out a couple weeks because of a fractured elbow. Jordan Pickford is a perfect 4.0 goalie right now. Uh, anybody who's looking to roster yeah. and save the minimum for a goalie, go pick up Jordan Pickford. I just I mean, talked about him too early was my problem yeah. because then I mean, Minone won the job, but then got hurt. I mean, don't don't by all means don't change your goalkeeper just for your one free transfer a week. Wait wait till you use your wild card and then reconfigure your goalkeeper. But, but Pickford, he's going to be there. They don't really have another goalie on the rush that's going to challenge him until Minoni comes back. Uh, and then on defense, 
Um, I know Sunderland has been been signing Manchester United's random parts, but how about some how about some Donald Love for Donald Love? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's 4.0. Gooch for Gooch. <laughs> yeah. How about how about someone touches my Gooch for Gooch? No. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Donald Love's played both games, full 90s both times. He's a 4.0 defender. And for my for my money, you know, the pairing of those two is a great great one-off from anybody who wants to put their goalie and defender together and for a good Sunderland fixture. Uh, you know, Southampton, me and Kevin have a lot of guys on that, that team that we, you know, that we liked preseason. I, I'm, I'm a Virgil Van, big Van, Virgil Van Dyke guy. Kevin's a, Kevin likes Dusan Tadic. I love Dusan Tadic. Um, they just haven't been showing very well. I think this is a game where Southampton, you know, kind of gels into what they want to be. Uh, I think this is a, de- a good game for them to be very defensive. If I'm investing in anybody this week, it's probably somebody on the Southampton defense. Um, so I'd probably, if you, ha- if you own Vir- Virgil van Dyke, this is probably one of the last weeks you'd probably want to see your 5.5 being invested into him when you could just counteract yourself and go once again to a, a, a United defender or someone, someone on a favorable, favorable, favorable fixture for uh, week four. Yeah. Uh, one quick thing on Southampton, Redmond was very good the first week, still very good the second week, but people are freaking out. That he didn't score against United. He put in several crosses that should have been turned into goals um, against the Sunderland defense, which is still patchwork at the moment. Uh, even though we do both like Pickford as a 4.0 goalkeeper, that doesn't make him particularly good. Although, I don't think that Manone will win that job by the time he comes back. Mm-mm. I think Pickford is the more talented. And if it's a broken elbow, which is what the reports are, mm-hmm. uh, Manone will be out at least you know four to six months. And in that time, I do think Pickford will make the job his own. Um, but for now... Interesting to see if Kone makes it back from injury. Even though Love is also a fantasy value, he's not particularly good. Um, but he's better than Billy Jones, which is all you need to do. <laughs> um, so anyway, I really like Redmond this week. Uh, we talked about this when we tried to make our infield index team, which I never heard back from them from, so I guess that's not a thing. Um, we talked about the issues of having Tadich and Redmond. I had to downgrade from Erickson, who I don't think is playing particularly well, uh, to fit Ibrahimovic into my team. And I looked at Tadic for a while, even though I already own Redmond. I tend, I, I leaned away from doing it, went to Lamella instead. But now that we've seen a couple of games, has your opinion on being able to own both changed? Uh, no, I think you have to pick. Uh, Tadic in the official game is doing worse than Redmond, only because Redmond has a goal. Uh, Tadic, to me, in other formats, is great. Redmond, in other formats, is just as great. But I think in the official game, I think you have to go with Nathan Redmond and save the couple bucks. All right, fair enough. Uh, if you had to pick somebody, one guy? Uh, I, I'm going defensive. I'd probably stick with VVD here. Oh, man, you love you some VVD. I'm going to go Redmond. I own him. I think he's going to do really well uh, up against Van Anholt, who we all know loves spending more time attacking than defending. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Redmond. Nice. Good pick. I like yeah. Redmond, too. I own Redmond. I mean, yeah, can't go yeah. wrong. He's, he's a good guy. All right. Yeah. Next, Watford, who we've already talked a whole lot about on the show. <laughs> yeah, we can um, skip them. Yeah, we don't need to talk about Watford. How about the Arsenal side of this? Looks like Otsel and Giroud are going to get their first starts since coming back. Kishani came back last week. Some people saying, well, finally, Arsenal are going to get Giroud and Otsel back, so now Sanchez is going to have better value. But as we've talked about before, Sanchez and Giroud actually hurt each other's value. Yeah. What do you think you're going to see in this one? Yeah, Sanchez and Giroud play together like identical twins who want the same toy. Uh, they don't play well at all. Um, to me, <laughs> visually, from when I watch a game, it looks like they don't play well together. They basically don't fit. 
Um, they basically fight with each other. I'm very anxious to see what Mesut Ozil does in this game. Uh, when he's not on the pitch for Arsenal, they completely like stall in some kind of buildup in when he's not on the pitch. Uh, but you know his price tag is you know an elite elite midfielder. You know you're basically going to have to either choose between Mares, Ozil, you know Payet when he's finally healthy. De Bruyne. You can't have more than one of those if you're going with the two the two uh, hammerheads up top. Uh, so I'm interested to see what Ozil puts does and what what he does on the ball. So this game for me is actually very watching for me because I'm I'm a guy who who wants to own Ozil, so I want to put him on my team and find spaces for him. So I have to watch this and actually realize, all right, if if he's showing me enough in this game against Watford, which really is he should be able to do what what Ozil does against a Watford team who hasn't shown very well defensively. So for me, the one guy in this game for me to, to, to watch is, is Ozil. He's my fantasy guy to watch. If he plays, he might not get a full 90. I don't think he, I don't think he will. I don't think they'll need him to play full 90. I think they probably go up early and coast. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that. I think Arsenal are going to walk this one. I do love all the Watford signings. I just think this game comes a bit too soon for them. No threat in the attack. I think it's a really good week for the Arsenal back line who desperately need it. Uh, I know they got the clean sheet last week, but, um, man, I, I just think that they need to get back to, you know, being good at both ends of the pitch, which they yeah. haven't shown in one match yet. So I do think that this will be a good one for them. Um, if you had to pick one of that attacking three, although Walcott has <laughs> to date been their best attacker, which is silly. Yeah. If you had to take one of Otsol Giroud or Alexis in this one, if you were just going for one player, who'd you take? Um, I'd probably go with Drew because I, I can guarantee he'd he'd be more guaranteed to get an assist on a goal than the other two would actually get a goal. Yeah, yeah, I think that's <laughs> absolutely fair. Uh, also, the thing to bear in mind: Drew was one of the best creating forwards last year. Can get assists as much as goals, like a like a rich man's a <laughs> Like um, a poor, he plays with play though. I don't like Drew. <laughs> Neither do I. As I mentioned before, he's just a shit James Roday. Um. <clears throat> All right, next up, Hull versus United. The two juggernauts, both up at the top of the table. Uh, both both have yellowish hues to their gloves. I don't know where I'm going with this. Can you talk about this instead of me digging my hole deeper? Um, this is a game that if you're 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 vetted with United through the back, De Gea and any one of their defenders, Valencia, Shaw, Bailly. Daily Blind, you're probably sitting pretty here thinking, oh, it's a, it's a probably a walkover. I, I would be surprised if Hull gets on the board early in this game and surprises United because I think if United is vulnerable, I think it's in the first 15 minutes because you know why? If you watch Mourinho's time at Chelsea, they were always vulnerable in the first 15 minutes. They were, if they were ever going to get scored on, it's going to be in the first 15 minutes. So to me, that's that's something to watch out for. I think it's going to be an unsuspecting goal by like somebody you know somebody stupid like Andrew Robertson or, or somebody like that. But I think United comes back in this game and prevails. Uh, they have too much talent going on, too many wingers that could actually do something. Martial could actually be be a good ga- good gamble bet in this game if you're uh, doing DFS or uh, you know in other formats. Uh, but but Ibrahimovic is a guy to own up top, and then you probably invest heavily in the United defense. For Hull, you know, Abel Hernandez is the perfect fit for anybody owning Aguerovic. So uh, at his price tag and what he's doing so far, he's fun to watch as Kevin Kevin does. You know, Kevin likes to put in like a special blow pop in his mouth every time <laughs> Abel Hernandez gets on the pitch. He's um, so good. I know. He's very, he's very fluid. 
Um, but but for me, I think United saps all the value out of Hull's midfield and defense because I think Hull's going to be on the defensive for most of this game, except for when they get up early 1-0 and then United comes back and score four unanswered. But for me, um, if, if you're owning if you're owning anybody United, uh, I hope that they that I hope they keep it clean. If somebody if you're rostering DDG and and Shaw Valencia or I gotta think of a name for the United defenders, like maybe some kind of you know, like, like, like al- a name algorithm or something, something <laughs> fun, something fun where they. Oh, did you see like, our boy uh, CBJ uh, yeah. action Borthwick Jackson? S- uh, he signed Wolves. with Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton, yeah, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, that's good for him. I, I, you know, Mourinho is doing exactly what he did at Chelsea. He's gutting all the youth and sending them elsewhere so they can play. It's <laughs> this what this what this what happened. And then here. two years from now, they'll actually sign with those teams, and we'll literally never hear from them ever again. Yeah, absolutely, and they'll be they'll be gone forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a game where you invest in the offensive weapons of United. So you know, I'm going to throw I'll throw a I'll throw a random in there. You know, everybody's going to be rostering, rostering Ibrahimovic, so I'll throw Martial into the into the mix as my guy to guy to watch this week. Fair enough. Um, I think from an actual football perspective that this one won't actually be this be that close. Um, they've been having to deputize players at the back. Like Livermore has already had to play at center back. Um, even though Jakubovic has done a fairly good job thus far with the attacking options that United have, I just think it's, it's going to be way too much. If Livermore has to play at center back, that means he's not in the midfield. So who's going to stop Pogba? It's probably not Tom Huddleston. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a, you know what? I like Hull. Um, the folks over at HCAFC Tiger Link are our friends, and they come on the EPL show all the time. And I love me some Abel Hernandez, as no one doesn't know at this point. Mm-hmm. But I think this is going to be a, a rough call for them. I think United could easily win this one 3 or 4 now. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. A player to pick uh, Zlatan, obviously. Yeah. Uh, not Smalling. I think Baye has looked phenomenal. Baye has looked so good in real life that I consider him a fantasy option, even though he probably only brings clean sheets to the table. Yeah. Although in other leagues, he's getting take-ons. He's getting mm-hmm. aerial duels, challenges. Passes, oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. He, oh, I, very, I hate very how good he looks. So very much. Yeah. He, looks, he almost looks as good as a healthy Kurt Zuma. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I had that. I hadn't actually thought about it. No. Because you, you didn't expect something that's stupid. To come out like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's true. But yeah, you could take either of the wingbacs, I suppose, if you wanted. De Gea is in always. I brought an Ebra this week, so really any of them you could really take. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, West Brom, Middlesbrough. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Gareth McCauley. Okay. On to you, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Negredo. We talked a little bit before about Giroud creating and scoring. We've had Negredo, who's looked so sharp since coming back. We're seeing that first half of the season when Negredo was at City, not that second half where he forgot to do anything of importance. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he looks really dangerous. He's linking up really well um, with Gaston Ramirez. Obviously, he linked up well with Stuani last week. Yeah, uh, any any interest in, in Christian Stuani? Nah, nope. <laughs> From, in other formats? Not yet. Not yet. I need to see more starts. Yeah, I want to see how many minutes he actually gets. Yeah, the problem, the problem with the other formats is there are going to be people willing to gamble sooner than I am. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, no, I, w- I want to see it a bit more. If, if he gets two more consecutive starts, then he becomes an option for me. But by that point, he'll probably already be up around be the fives yeah. and five fives. So then, you know. And, it, and he'll be owned in other formats. Yeah, yeah. I just think he's a player I'm, I'm not going to be the first on. So Yeah, because if I was in Targa right now and I had the number one waiver claim, I'd probably put in for him. Yeah. I won't. I'm, kid- I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I know. That was um, a shout out because Kevin but, has the number one Claver Queen. But you know how we were saying I should save it till there's a better player? Because it's linked to schedule this year, which, by the way, we love the guys over at Taga, but this was a big mistake. 
is that waivers are now linked to um, standings instead of being able to hold on to them, which is a huge part of fantasy. So they cha- it changes every week? Uh, yeah, every week to, awesome. to 1 to 12. No, it's not. Because it kind of takes away that strategy aspect. And, you know, well, I mean, you're always going to have the first pick then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I thought about that, is that I could have picked up Pereira, and considering I'm in last, even if I won this week, I'd still be in the bottom four. So I still would have gotten a really good selection. But I, my thought was I'll hold on to it until deadline day and then just pick up whoever's added. But I might not have this spot next week. Um, although I might because Smalling and Cresswell and uh, Gridell all aren't playing and uh, have Otsil and Giroud who are half playing and Igalo who's playing but uh, poorly. Mm-hmm. So um, I could be in a bit of trouble there. That Smalling thing, man, that, that burned me really hard. Uh, could have taken Benteke with that pick, which I was thinking about, but decided to double up on good defenders, and that might really hurt me come the end of the year. But anyway, yeah. um, this is an interesting one, because the question is, are you more confident in what you've seen from Middlesbrough attack thus far, or more impressed by what you've seen out of West Brom's defense thus far? And I'll, both I'll of them have West been Brom's pretty defense. impressive, right? Yeah, I, I, I think it's very interesting. Uh, this will be a fun bet for us, then. I'm going to go Negredo. Okay. And you go, uh, you go with your Macaulay guy. I'll go Macaulay. I still like Dawson more than Macaulay anyway, so I could be double wrong on this. Well, the only reason um, Macaulay looks better is because he's scoring goals and assisting. That's the only reason his points true. are what they are. Right, but only scoring goals and assisting is yeah. two of the three things a player can do in fantasy. Hey, hey. So, hey if you do two out of three things right every day, Kev, you're a superstar. Yep. Gotta agree there. So uh, we disagree on this one, um, but it'll be an interesting one, or it'll be super boring. Only time will really tell. It's one of uh, the games. That, it's one of those games that nobody's gonna watch and wake up for. I'm oh, go, it's West Brom Millsboro. Although uh, I'm gonna roll over. Although it will be on TV on its own. Yeah, because uh, it's an early Sunday one. Yeah, it's gonna be awkward. All right. Lastly, for this week, Manchester City versus West Ham. What do you got? Uh, you know, West Ham's injuries are just totaling up. Totaling, totaling up. I think the most interesting thing news-wise about uh, West Ham is that, that you know they're linked to Wilfred Boney today. Uh, that's just the, I think that's the but greatest thing. Kalechi Ihe Nacho just picked up a really bad injury today, which how, could mess that up. How bad? I didn't see it. How yeah, bad hamstring, it? probably uh, a month plus. No, that's all right. He's, he's young. I remember when I tore my hamstring when I was 12. I was back on the pitch the next day. Uh, but but yeah, there's no there's no attacking options I I, I would want on on West Ham. Uh, you gotta you gotta figure that that if Payet plays, which is doubtful. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I I don't know, man. It's it's so iffy. I'm so glad I decided I think, not going. I think he gets held out. I think he gets held to, held out to after the international break. I think they don't want to mess around. That you know, West Ham's in no position to with the third week to rush their star out, who's not going to be fully healthy. Uh, just look at the list of injured guys for for West Ham, and there's just not enough talent to put on the field to to match up with you know what City's going to throw at you. Even if yeah. City puts their semi B team on, the one guy I'm looking at in this in this game. And I, I've had, I fielded a couple of questions over Twitter about him, and I, people have been asking me, you know, you know, Raheem Sterling is the guy I'm looking at. This basically, I can't get it off my tongue, but yeah, I'm, look, I, I'm looking at Raheem Sterling this game. I think that he could be in this game what he probably should be for his career. I think if he gets a goal and an assist this game, I think this could probably launch him into a big ownership spike. Oh hell yeah. Because his price is, isn't what it used to be. Only at 8.0 and he hasn't moved up yet. Yeah, you know, 
I think people were lying in the weeds about him. I've been asked a couple times, what do you think, what do you think of Sterling? And I said, if he buys into what Pep wants to do, he will do well. Sterling is a guy that I, he just needs, he's a young guy and he needs like a disciplined guy to say, listen, don't do that, do this. Pep has come in there and said, I'm the boss. This is my team. This is how it's going to go. If, if Sterling doesn't do what he's he, with what Pep says, he's not going to play. So I, I'm, I'm expecting good results from Raheem Sterling. I think City probably wins this game unexpectedly big. Not like big, but maybe 3-0. Three, three yep. Yeah, I agree. West Ham a bit undercooked as well. Um, especially on the wings, Fagouli, Lanzini. Uh, both out. It looks like they're going to have to play Antonio further up the pitch, although he does get on the score sheet again. Um, probably Byram and the new guy whose name I'm not going to try on the left. Probably still going to see Collins in the middle. Adrian is always underrated. It'll be interesting to see who they throw up front. Uh, last week it was Enter Valencia. They still have Sacco, even though he deals with injuries a fair bit. But yeah, you got to assume all the play is going to be on City's side. I completely agree on your Sterling point. Uh, yet to play a goal in any competition without a goal or assist. Uh, preseason through now so that's very positive from him um i think that uh the injury to ian nacho could have ramifications on the first team as far as subs go Mm -hmm. um also it looks like nazari is going to be leaving over the next couple days uh which further helps clarify things the other interesting thing is that pep's been willing to play silva further back which gets rid of the concern I had over who's going to play between De Bruyne and Silva now that they've brought in Sané and Nolito. Nolito has looked terrific. If he mm-hmm. starts getting a consistent run, I think he'll look really, really good in your fantasy team. And, and I think with the, the Kalechi injury, I think that this, this opens the door for Nolito to just jump into Ianacho's spot. And another, I want to give, I want to give a tout up because he's been doing well in other formats. Fernandinho, Fernando, who's who's the, the one? The, the Fernandinho's the good one. Fernando's yes. the one that's meh. Fernandinho who's been playing very well in the midfield for them. So I'll give a tout to him. He's not really a fantasy asset. He basically falls into the Wanyama, you know, grouping of of defensive midfielders that you shouldn't own for for the official game. But yeah, so good yeah. way to go. Yeah. If I had a player to play, it's not Joe Hart. Um, oh, come on. Oh, womp womp. I'd say KDB. He hasn't contributed the way most have thought he would. Uh, I think he probably gets off the snide in this one. Yeah, I like I like Joe Hart's comment. I don't know if you saw the post match comments. He's like he he made a good comment about if pigs could fly today. It was pretty. Yeah. Funny. Well, he had a hundred percent pass accuracy at halftime. Ended with ninety. Uh, it was it was pretty funny. Um, all right, uh, quickly on our teams, uh, I made the Ibrahimovic and Lamella swap. Um, brought them in for Erickson and Kane. Uh, so downgraded for my Spurs guys who have not looked off to the hot start that only I thought they were capable of. Everybody else warned me, but I ignored them. Um, Kone staying at Sunderland is going to be good for me in the long term, but it looks like he might still be held out of this one. Uh, so from the back, looking like it's going to be De Gea, Francis, Dawson, Fuchs, or Kingsley. Three of those four. Um, all right, I should go to my team page so I can see the full matchups instead of their prices. That was that was a pretty rookie move. Badoop doop do. Hey, you ever wait for a page to load? Me either. Uh, you'll see. Uh, Francis against Palace, Dawson against Middlesbrough, and Fuchs against Swansea. Not scared of any of those. 
Lamella Fabregas against Burnley. Even if he comes on as a sub, he's, he's going to be dangerous, so I'm probably going to leave him in there for now, although I could swap him with Elmo, but I don't really love him against United. Uh, Mars against Swansea. Redmond against Sunderland. You love both of those. Aguero against West Ham. Ibra against Hull. And Negredo against West Brom. Like all of those as well. Probably going to stick that captain's band on Aguero, but Ibrahimovic versus Hull. Oh, man, that's going to be tough. Yeah, it's it's it, you know what it is? It's almost a... a a 50-50 coin toss. Yeah. You know, I think I'm going to leave it on Aguero. He's earned it in a weird way. Yeah, and I, I, I can actually see somebody throwing in a Hazard this week, too. Against yeah. Burnley. Yeah. All right, what you got? Uh, My team is garbage, and I don't play this game anymore. Interesting. I, no, I'm kidding. It's I got to take. <laughs> how, how I've, I've made one change. I made a change before the games were even over last week because, like Kevin said before, I ran into some trouble setting my roster before the season. So I'm still trying to make one move at a time to get back. You know what? I'm actually doing this on purpose to give everybody an advantage and have me catch up. No, that's not true because I'm going to look stupid at the end of the year when I, when that doesn't happen. But, yeah, so I'm going with uh, Forster in goal, Stones, Dan, and Van Dyke in defense. Uh, Firmino, Hazard, Redmond, and Delafeu through the middle. And then Ibrahimovic and Aguero up top. I probably will throw another def- defender in the mix there to, to make give me an 11. Uh, my team is not faring very well because, like I said, I'm, I'm hamstringed. But it, I'm making it fair for everybody else. <laughs> going to make a late surge. All right. Uh, well, we hope you like this new format. Uh, we're going to head out of here. Uh, but, Rob, tell the folks where they can get at you. Uh, you can find me on Razzball.com. That's R-A-Z-Z-B-A-L-L.com. Or on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie. Uh, or on this podcast because I'm Kevin's best friend. And he doesn't want to admit it because he didn't send me a birthday card. And <laughs> To yeah. be fair, it wasn't your birthday. So... Yeah, not yet. But, <laughs> but guess what? You didn't send me a birthday card. Well, why not? Guess, well, it wasn't what? my birthday, but... There's going to be another one. I guarantee... Well, I can't guarantee there is, but... Yeah, well, that's dark. I'm Morbid. just going to cut away to my stuff. Uh, I'm yep. at Kevrov on Twitter. Uh, did another World Football Index show, so check that out. Did a Liverpool preview with the guys over at Anfield Index. Uh, so you can check that out. Also did a written Liverpool preview for a Swedish Liverpool site. Uh <laughs> So you can check that out on my page. I don't think it's being translated into Swedish. If so, that would be tough uh, to read. Um, but I do think it's going to be in English. Um, also, the Championship Roundtable and the EPL Roundtable. Go check those out at EPL Roundtable on Twitter. Nice. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, let us know if you like this new format. We might do a little bit of both going forward. We might do just this. Who knows? You tell us, and we'll decide if we like what you've told us. I'm Kevin DeVries. That's Rob Blangevin. Catch us at our Twitters that we both just said. We'll catch you next week. Peace! Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit